Welcome to the Cone Zone. That's my dad, Lowell Cone, the legendary Lowell Cone. Uh, little L, little C. I'm Grant Cone, little G, little C. How you doing, dad? Good to see you. It's good to see you, son. And I'm glad we're doing our show today. Me too. I took the day off from streaming yesterday. It was Yom Kippur. I'd never observed it before. I fasted the whole day. You fasted most of the day. We yeah. watched football and we made dinner at my house. We had pasta, my brother's pasta sauce. So it was interesting. We made it a after sundown, after Yom Kippur after was sundown. over. And what I want to say about it is every religion has a, a day or a time like that. It's a time for self-reflection. Where have I been? Where am I going? What, what bad things did I do in, in the last year? How can I improve? And Iggy and I both uh, thought about it a lot yesterday. And yeah. so um, I feel that um, I confronted myself and Iggy did in the deepest ways. And now we move on. Now we move on. Let's talk 49ers. They're 3-0. and And we, I mean, all of us were watching football this weekend and the Niners weren't playing. And we were sort of taking stock, like, who's on their level? And there's not a lot of teams that are on the Niners level. So let's step back. And even though it's early in the year, it isn't even October yet. They're 3-0. and A lot of people on this team deserve serious praise. Let's get into it. You go first. Yeah, and I want to say... I have a lot of praise for the. I'm very impressed with how they're playing and um, with their record. I want to say, but it's only three games. So who knows? I don't know what's going to happen in 14 more games. This is our opinion today. Mm. I'll start with praise. I want to praise Kyle Shanahan. You and I yeah. often on our show are critical of him. Well, I think he's doing a beautiful coaching job. I do. Um, I, I think Wilkes as a defensive coordinator is really, really good. Now you may have wanted to praise him. So I apologize, but I'm praising the, the two main coaches, Wilkes and Shanahan. And what I want to say about Shanahan, he seems very comfortable with Brock Purdy. It yes. feels like I would think a play caller mm. and Bill Walsh used to tell me this. He has certain ideas or, or images in his mind on how he wants to run a game through his quarterback. I have a feeling that Kyle always had to compromise with the quarterbacks he had on the Niners and including Jimmy Garoppolo. I um, agree. Real I quick, say, say that for a second? I just want to say that real quick for a second, because Jimmy didn't necessarily fit Kyle's offense. Uh, Jimmy had his own. He wanted to be more like New England's offense. And Jimmy made so much money, more than Kyle, that he probably felt he had leverage to ask for what he wanted. So keep going. Sure. But what I want to say is, finally, <coughs> Kyle has a quarterback through which he can express himself. Um, Kyle, yeah. um, Brock Purdy seems to understand what he does. Now, there are certain limitations, and we can get into that later. But I'm praising Kyle for doing one hell of a job and getting off to a fast start for a change. Getting off to a fast start, embarrassing the Steelers who've won their last two games. Um, making Sean McVay lose what is not beating him nine, nine straight in the regular season and making that guy red in the face and sort of in denial after the game saying it was a good loss. Now they just lost yeah. again. And then they took care of business with the giants. Yeah. Like this is the best coaching. He's, he's at his best right now. If not the best he's ever been, it's still early. He has gone to a couple super bowls, but he is at his best. And to your point, it's he like, 
you could see he's in love with this quarterback. He, he didn't seem like he was ever in love. It didn't seem like he was particularly friendly with Jimmy. They'd ask about his relationship with Jimmy, and he'd be like, yeah, I can't get him on the phone. He would say that publicly. Uh, and I think he felt like, man, this guy, Jimmy, has a huge ego. He makes all this money. He doesn't talk to me in the offseason. But now you got this little Brock Purdy who has roommates. You know what I mean? He's roommates with backup offensive linemen and stuff. Like, he may develop a big ego one day and get a lot of money. But right now, I'm sure it's just, sir, yes, sir. Yeah, whatever you want to do. And he can do the stuff Kyle wants. Can I tell you something about roommates? Steve Young always had roommates. I mean, he was a multi-multi-millionaire. And they generally were Jewish roommates. He lived one year with Harris Barton, and he went oh. a, a, another year with John Frank. And he had roommates. I didn't Isn't know, that interesting? I knew, I knew Harris Barton was Jewish. I didn't know there was another Jew on the team. John Frank, he was a tight end. And he became a doctor. How many Jews are in Plast the NFL right now? <laughs> I don't know. But John Frank became a, a plastic surgeon. How many famous Jewish athletes are there all time? Sandy Koufax. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Okay. Kyle Shanahan. Brock Purdy deserves praise. Oh. Brock Purdy deserves praise. I mean, we, we keep saying, I think with quarterbacks, at least on the Niners, since they had Steve Young and Joe Montana, you're always trying to talk about, what can't he do? What can't this guy do? Why, why isn't he great? Okay, well, we know what Brock Purdy can't do. He wears his limitations on his sleeve. But beyond that, the things he can do, He's really good at, and he does a lot of things really well. He's super confident. He's never lost a game that he played the whole thing. And uh, I keep thinking, I keep waiting for the league to figure him out, but it has, it's not happening. He makes it look easy. He does, and I would add one thing, Iggy. He is he's fearless. We we, we watched some tape of him that JTL Sullivan showed, and if you don't see JT's show, you're really missing out. He's so good. So good, and so he good. showed how the they would blitz Brock. He would stand in the face of the blitz, and he would complete passes with guys breathing on his face, and and never flinch. Wow, he's really, really brave. Absolutely, hell of a quarterback. And you like comparing? You're trying to rank him. Where does he rank in the league right now? I don't know. If you put him on the Rams, would they be better right now? Maybe. We were watching Stafford. We're going to talk about Stafford in a little bit, but for this team, he's perfect. He's perfect. perfect. He's, perfect. he's perfect. Now, it'd be nice if he could hit a couple of deep throws. You don't have to hit all of them, but maybe he will. It's only three games in. Right. He's, he, it's, it's a skill he has to learn. Yeah. So, Brock. Okay, you're up. Okay. Debo Samuel. Okay. I was very disappointed in him last year. I, I felt, well... He admits he didn't come in uh, in shape, right, Iggy? Mm -hmm. And I don't think a professional athlete who makes a lot of money and is that important to a team should ever allow that to happen. Having said that, he rededicated himself. He looks great. And Iggy, mm -hmm. I, you rarely see an, a, a, a wide receiver who get who is that powerful and warlike after making the catch. The yak, the yards after the I mean, catch. Jerry Rice was the original yak king, right? But he didn't do it like that. No. He outran people. Debo runs right. through people. I've never seen anything like it. And I'll tell you, one time I was sitting next to Tom Rathman. It was uh, the, the playoff game. I want to – it was – I forget. My, my memory isn't great. But I was sitting next to Tom Rathman in one game last year. Debo was playing. Anytime Debo got the ball and broke a tackle, Tom Rathman, one of the best Niners of all time, in their, hall of, their museum hall of fame, would go, Wow! 
Look at him. He's like Hercules. Tom Rathman probably broke a lot of tackles in, in his day, was bigger than Debo, and he was just like bursting with pride about this guy. Well, Rathman. he's a phenomenon. And did he say he's like Hercules? He Yes. He absolutely wow. used the word Hercules. This guy's like Hercules. So I just for, for I Debo to have that kind of admiration from someone like Tom Rathman is incredible to me. Yeah. 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 He knows. So I, 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 I praise Debo for rededicating himself and for being the great player that he is. I mean, you could have an argument. Who's the most exciting player in the league? You would have to certainly include Patrick Mahomes. But in the top five, you'd have to put Debo Samuel as well. Absolutely. Um, real quick, guy in the chat, Alex Frankel. I saw what you. I, I saw. I saw your comment. I saw your super chat. I'm going to get to you. Don't worry. I see. I, we're we're not there yet, but I'm going to get to you, Alex. Thank you. I got another guy, Steve Wilkes. Uh, absolutely. You know, I think the concern, and you and I expressed it, was that when he came in, it would be a falling off from what the other two guys did. Falling off. I, it. <laughs> he's as good, or maybe better. He might be better. Um, they were the number one defense last year, but remember last year, they would give up long passes. Do you remember that? Yeah. If you if you had a quarterback who could get, who could just throw the ball down the field, the Niners gave up a lot of long passes last year. Not this year. Anytime anyone tries to throw deep on the Niners, it's usually incomplete or intercepted. And that was one thing that Steve Wilkes mentioned when he came here. He's like, we, we are way too good of a defense to be giving up these explosive plays down the field. Got to eliminate them. And... Yeah, I agree. And they're gone through three weeks. That That's huge. Iggy, you've met him. I never have. What's his demeanor like? Very serious. Uh, he's way different than Sala and D'Amico. Sala and D'Amico were in their 30s, early 40s, and they come in and they're upbeat. And it's all energy and positivity. And um, D'Amico wouldn't really be specific in his answers, but he was... Steve Wilkes is very is like in his fifties. He walks in. He has a he has something prepared. He doesn't just be like, okay, I'm here. What do you want to know? He has a whole thing he says, which is what Mike Tomlin does too. Try to be generous. I know what you want to talk about. I'm not avoiding anything. Here's here's what's on my mind. Um, he's very contemplative, uh, serious. Doesn't smile much, but doesn't seem angry. He just seems like a very serious coach. Um, reminds me of Fangio a little bit because Fangio was like that. Fangio wasn't like jumping around, nothing, nothing against Sal and D'Amico. They're great. But Fangio was in the booth. Fangio was very sober and serious. Wilkes is like that. I would make it from what an outsider, I knew Fangio. Fangio is a man of the people. The way I look at Wilkes, I look at him like a professor at Stanford. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yes. Right. I like that. I like that very yeah. much. Yeah. He's like a professor at Stanford. Yes. When he's up on that stage behind that podium, he looks like he's giving a symposium on something on defense. Right. Yes. Right. And, he's good. Uh, I like him a lot. I, I, with D'Amico and even sometimes with Sala, I felt like they were like trying to be positive and trying to get us to be positive. But this guy's not like that at all. He's dry. He's very dry. I like that. Fangio was that way. Okay. Christian McCaffrey. I mean, talk about God. the most exciting players in the league. He'd have to be in the top five, too. And let me say, uh, again, I've never met him. Um, I didn't follow him at Stanford, but I have watched him since he came to the 49ers. 
Iggy, it's rare to see a running back who sees that much. He has the widest screen vision of, of yep. just about anybody in the league. If if there is a crack in the just a little crack to get through, he does. He yeah. accelerates very fast. If while he's running, you hit him, you it's hard to get him down. But he doesn't run through people like Debo because he's not as big. That's my impression. Right. Um, I, I honestly wish that um Shanahan didn't use him as much. I mean, we watched a game yesterday where uh, uh or whenever they, they were sharing, two backs were sharing. The Dolphins, whose M- coach Mostert. came for the Niners. Yes. Yeah, Mostert and the other kid. A chain. Um, A chain. I, I wish that. Kyle would balance it more because you don't want to lose this kid. And he's been hurt before. That's my only little uh, quetch. But beyond that, I want to say, Iggy, there are certain players in my life that it was a pleasure to watch. Jerry Rice. Um, Russell Wilson when he was young. Sure. Yeah. CMC. Whenever he gets the ball, the sky's the limit. And he plays so hard. So I have to say, all props to him. Who's better, McCaffrey or Prime Frank Gore? You know, I don't want to um, compare because they're different kind of running backs. Okay. How about this one? McCaffrey or Prime Roger Craig? Oh, boy. Because they're similar. Craig was bigger. Yeah. Uh, um, And faster, I think. Okay. Uh, He was. He was a okay. hurdler. He had the beautiful running style. I would say I don't have enough data yet on CMC to put him ahead of Roger Craig. I would say okay. they're very close, but right now I'd, I'd keep Roger Craig ahead. Um, all apologies to CMC. Okay. Let me think of one more person. Brandon Ayuk. Oh, he missed the last game, but he's going to be back. He just had, it was a Thursday night game. If it was a Sunday game, he probably would have played. Um, first two games, he was un, unguardable. I mean, there's, it, there's not many corners who can cover Brandon Ayuk one-on-one. His route running is excellent. Uh, he's improved. He's so tough. He goes over the middle. Unlike some wide receivers, he extends to catch passes with really, I mean, he's, Really, really good. He's not as fast as Tyreek Hill, but he's really good. I'm going to go over to the defense. That okay. guy Hargrave. Hargrave. Iggy. He's Hargrave. the real deal. And he's yep. what they needed. Yep. Hargrave. I agree. You like him, right? Love him. Anyone else we want to get to before we move on? They do about 15 minutes of praise. Um, I... There are other important players, but I don't want to single them out for praise at this time. Okay. And we're obviously leaving somebody out. Bosa. Yes. He needs to show a little more. He didn't have an offseason. I assume he's going to become a superstar again soon, but not after three games. I'm not going to praise him. Yeah, one sack. He wasn't blocked on that play. I agree. Yeah, one sack. He wasn't blocked on that play. Um, So he could. I mean, maybe next month we'll do that. Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw on the, uh, they could, but maybe next month. Uh, Fred Warner is always in the mix. George Kittle's in the mix, but not yet. I want to give a shout out to Kinlaw. 
Um, sure. Kinlaw, I felt, was playing for his career in the yes. offseason. And I wondered uh, if his health uh, was an issue. He's really come back. So mm -hmm. uh, and, and he's powerful. So I want to give yeah. a shout out to Kinlaw. Shout out to Javon Kinlaw. Carlos says, Gamar Hatima Tova. Thank you. Thank you. Because you don't say Lashana Tova for, you, for Yom Kippur. It's not a happy holiday. Right. Alex Frankel, you said, thank you for the $5. Grant and Lowell, I lost my father two weeks ago. Your shows, <sighs> your shows have been ultimate comfort to me. I love your relationship. Lowell, you remind me of my dad. Alex, I'm so sorry that you lost your dad. Um, Grant lost his mom a year and a half ago, my wife. And we haven't really entirely we haven't entirely recovered so i just wish you um strength and courage and and i hope you have a lot of people around you who can support you god bless yeah alex my dad did um the shadow work immediately he got a therapist and he's been talking about it and i um didn't but what i did do was yesterday during yom kippur for the first time, I listened to my saved voicemails of my mom's voice, which I wasn't ready to do until yesterday. It's been about 18 months. So that's something one day that you can do to feel connected to him. Anyway, it meant something to me yesterday. Alex, thank you. Love you. Good luck. TK says, Grant Cone, quality control and full effect. Great show. Thank you. Thank you. The Real Zangetsu says, I remember when Grant called Debo a double Debo with cheese. Shake my head. Now he's he now was. he's just as a single Debo. He was single Debo with like a lettuce wrap, you know. I love I love when people bring back old things you said. When if Iggy said that it was appropriate at the time, now it's not appropriate. We've acknowledged that. Uh, and another thing, am I supposed to fall in love with these people? I just cover them. I don't yeah. feel in any way engaged with them. I don't owe them a thing. No, and I think a double Debo cheese is not that mean. That's playground stuff. Like, I'm yeah. sure he's heard worse stuff in his life. And I, you know, I, I'll take responsibility. Look at him now. He probably heard that and he was like, oh my God, I can't be the double Debo with cheese. I got to be the single whopper. And now he's a whopper. He's so that's whopper. good. That's what quality control is all about. Uh, Mr. Candles, possible right guard, right tackle trades before deadline. I don't think so. Because the whole thing with the offensive line, you have to learn Kyle's system. Every position on the offense, you got to learn Kyle's system. And also the thing with the offensive line is, where they talk about um, continuity. Continuity. You want the same five guys working together. I don't think they're going to make any additions to this offensive line. What do you think? I agree with you. They may bring up in backups, but uh, not the starters. Daza says, Shanatova Umeriku, uh, to both of you and your whole family. I don't know thank what the last you. word meant, but thank you, Daza. Sam Eastman, $10. Thank you so much, Sam. Talking head, call uh, call me humbug, but content after wins is boring. I can always do without the are the Niners the best team. Purdy looks flawless like him. Homerism. Well, I don't think we're doing that today. No, I think it's fair to praise um, where praise is due. Uh, it's, th it's three games. We're taking a pause. Th the team took a pause. And if you only tune in for um, us to dump on people, that's a pretty... Um, narrow perspective and i would have to say fairly negative yeah another thing i was thinking about yesterday during yom kippur is i feel like i've become extremely snarky a lot of the time 
bordering on smug. And I never want to be that way. So I'm going to still be critical and I'll try to be funny and be myself. But I feel like snarky is a bad look. It's childish. It's mean. And I don't want to be those things. I was, you're not that way. I wasn't raised to be that way. So these are things I was thinking about yesterday when I wasn't eating. <laughs> anyway, it's interesting how not eating can affect your mental space. Interesting. I guess a lot of religions have figured that out thousands of years ago. Jeremy Price says, I'm all in on Brock, but would Bill Walsh have been, Dad? That's a very interesting question. You know, Joe Montana didn't have a great arm either. Joe was better than Brock Purdy. I would say Bill would be intrigued by him, but would always be looking beyond him for someone better. That's what I would see about Bill. I never met Bill, but it seemed like he was never even all in on Joe. No. He, he traded wasn't. for Steve in 1987. How old was Joe? Like even 30 at that point? Yeah. And he also, Bill also, he didn't do it, but he also said you should draft a quarterback every year. So I think he would have kept his options open. I agree. And what, And I will remind you what I've told you, that he did have discussions about trading Joe Montana to the Raiders, and Al Davis re rejected Joe and wanted Steve. And that really did happen. I know it for a fact. I, I, I imagine that Joe knows too. Yeah. And it, if you think about it, bringing in Steve was an admission that maybe Joe, a little limited, even yeah. though he won four Super Bowls. They wanted someone a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, a little bit stronger. He did. So yeah. you got Brock, who's a little bit smaller than Joe Montana. I think Bill could say, I could win with this guy, but I'm keeping my options open. Oh, absolutely. Mark says Mooney Ward caused the interception with man coverage. Okay. Shout out to Mooney. Josh says, do you think PS2 to the Niners is realistic? Who? PS2. PlayStation 2? You got to help me out there, Josh. I, have, I don't know who PS2 is. Hey, Iggy. Paul I Simon, the second? I went to PS193. PS193. It was down the street from you, right? Yeah, on a Bedford Avenue and Avenue L. Bedford? Bedford. Bedford? Jeremy Price also did not work or eat yesterday. Shout out the Hebrews Jews. Shout out. Jeremy, are you, are you Jewish or are you honorary Jew? What's up? I need to know. I knew I liked you. <laughs> But I didn't know we were in the same tribe. All right. Hey, Iggy, wait, wait, hold on. It's like you want to know if he's Jewish, right? I was raised, yeah. I have to explain to everybody, I'm from Flatbush, Brooklyn. So my neighborhood was 100% Jewish. I mean, it was just everybody was Jewish. They closed the schools on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, all of that. And my mother, she was so into being Jewish. Whenever we'd meet new people, she'd say to me, Loli, is he Jewish? Is he Jewish? So from an early age, I got what people call Judar. Judar. <laughs> Not radar, Judar. I got Judar. And when I go into a, a restaurant or an, a room or a party, one of the first things I'm doing is looking around at the noses and the faces and saying, who's a Jew in the room? Jew. 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 See, the thing is, uh, uh, that, I feel like it's a very New York thing because it's it such a, a Jewish place. And LA's like that too. The Bay is not. The no. Jewish people in the Bay are like half Jewish, kind of Jewish, don't look Jewish. It's like, and so, so Jeremy, Jeremy calls into the cone phone all the time for years. Jeremy's African-American. So I, I've never met an African-American Jew before. I'd be thrilled to have an African-American Jewish friend. Best of both worlds right there. Jeremy, let me know. I need to know. Uh, JCK510 says, 
PS2 is Patrick Sertan II. He's a really good corner for the Broncos. They freaking stink. And maybe he'd be available. I mean, yeah, it would make the Niners a lot better. But why not? I don't think it'll happen. But why not? One more. Two, two more. Uh, love your show. How did you get your nickname? I'll tell it. I have a half-brother who's 12 years older than me. So when I was one, he was 13. And while I was acquiring language, apparently one of the sounds I like to make a lot all the time was Igaloo. So my brother called me Iggy because he's clever. And my parents were like, oh, boom, let's make it official so that they're close. So he named them. And as soon as it became an official nickname, my brother never, ever, ever, ever called me that again because it was corny. But like everyone that I grew up with going to, uh, until college knows me as that. So story. Anyway, Josh, come on, Grant. LOL, Patrick Sertan. I'm a boomer. I didn't know what that meant. Pastor Tan too. Hebrew Brothers. Yes! Jeremy Price. Hebrew Brothers. PS2. Patrick Tan 2 went to PS111. Said Edgardo. Well, thank you. How about that? Ben P says, what will solidify Purdy as a legit franchise quarterback? Super Bowl. Super Bowl and health. Let's move on. All right. So the next two opponents, Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys. Before this weekend, we were looking at it like, okay, Cardinals freaking stink. Um, let's just fast forward through that game and get to Dallas because that is going to determine who's the real contender in the NFC. <laughs> and then Dallas <laughs> lost to Arizona by 12. Know, freaking first Dallas. All, it, it's, it's so un unsuspected and unusual, right, Iggy? I mean, Arizona stinks. They, they do. But here's – okay. So They're here's rebuilding. the issue. They're rebuilding, and they don't even have their starting quarterback, who I don't no. even like that much. So, so here's the thing. So now you have to look at the games differently. It's like Arizona actually might be an opponent because you thought the Niners would show up. They'd, they'd kick the crap out of them, and, and then they'd prepare for Dallas. So sure. th these guys in Arizona may actually be an opponent, although mm -hmm. maybe not. Dallas, you thought, oh, this is Dallas with the, you know, um, Dak Prescott and it. Dak. Dak, I got to tell you, Iggy, Dak Prescott is such an overrated quarterback. He's uh, so I, overrated. I, oh, keep going. No, if he were on the Niners, I'll tell you, you right now, he could not perform with this offense as well as Brock Purdy, and it wouldn't even be close. I have to agree. I was hanging out with um, my, our, my cousin, Mike. You know, Mike, as your nephew? My yes. nephew. Yeah, so I was hanging out with Mike a few months ago, and he's from Virginia. He's a big Washington, whatever their name, Commanders fan. And he so that he's in the same division as Dak. And he was saying, like, guy's super overrated. If he were on any other team, no one would care about him. But since he's the quarterback of the Cowboys, he gets all this press and attention. But, man, if he was the quarterback of Washington, would everyone would anyone give a, a heck, a dang, a damn about heck. Dak Prescott? No. Yeah. No. So here's what I think. I think the Niners are going to beat Arizona. I'm not good at predicting scores, but I'll tell you this. I think they're going to murder Dallas. I no longer see that as a, as a uh, an elite contest. I think they're going to be 5-0 and oh, like breathing. That's what I think. I agree. I mean, let's just take Dallas out of it for a second because they really embarrassed themselves on Sunday. Let's talk Arizona. Arizona's interesting because everyone thought they were going to be the worst team in football. But they're not. They uh, 
hold on. This is what they've done so far. Week one, they lost by four to the Commanders. Week two, they lost by three to New York. And then week three, they freaking beat Dallas. So they're, they're a team with a new coach, and it seems like they're improving. Um, I don't know if they're, they're probably, they're certainly not talented enough to beat the Niners, I guess. But this coach, Jonathan Gannon, was the defensive coordinator for Philly last year. Philly had a pretty good defensive game plan against the Niners last year. They had a lot more talent. But it's interesting. It seems like maybe this Jonathan Gannon coach is good. They're playing for him. Like, Mike McCarthy freaking stinks in Dallas. We know that. He always has. Always has, always will. He's terrible. I don't know. You can't say that about Jonathan. We don't know. What he did this weekend was very impressive for a first-year coach, defensive guy. They're playing for him. And you know what? It would be nice to have a fourth a good team, or at least not a horrible team in the NFC West. It used to be an elite division, and we'll get to that later. It'd be nice to have another contender, a games that that were thrilling, games where, you, you know, when you'd go into a press box and you knew the Niners were going to murder these guys, you'd do your business, but there wouldn't yeah. be a feeling of excitement. But so, if they were playing a really good team, you'd think, something's going to happen today. Something's going to be decided today, and I'm going to witness it and write about it. I used to love that, Iggy. Yeah, and it seems like not just the NFC West, it doesn't exist in the NFC. Like, like we, were, we, were, we were watching these games. I'm sure everyone was watching these games this weekend thinking, like, who are the real contenders? Which teams here really matter the way the Niners really matter? And it's like, uh, not Dallas. Like, in the entire league, it's like, the Niners, Kansas City, Miami, Philly, and uh, Buffalo, maybe? Maybe Buffalo. Yeah. Maybe Buffalo. That's it. Certainly not, not Cincinnati. Not the Rams. Oh, the Rams stink. And I'll tell you, Iggy, I'm going to make a prediction. After this season is over, Sean McVay is out. He's out yeah. after this season. You know what? I don't. I don't know if they'll fire him, but he could just leave. He he kept saying he was thinking about becoming a announcer and leaving the team. And I don't, I feel like when you make that public, it's hard for your players to play for you. I mean, I'm not saying they're not playing hard, but like, dude, are you have one foot out the door? What kind of coach yeah. are you? Yeah, the leader of this team. I don't know. It feels like since he won that Super Bowl, him and Stafford and Donald have all been kind of like ghosted. We did it, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm not covering that team. Let's talk Kyle Shanahan versus Mike McDaniel. So the big story this weekend was, was the Dolphins. They put 70 on freaking Sean Payton. And everyone's watching this offense. We're, I mean, you're watching it. I'm watching it thinking this is so easy for everything they did, every run play, every pass play. And it's funny, like they have this little feature. And everyone's talking about it. The, 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 the fast motion to the outside right before the snap. And... Dolphins do it really well. They have guys sprinting as fast as they can doing that stuff. They've been doing it since week one. All of a sudden, Kyle, since week two, has been doing it. All the other coaches have tried to do it too. And it's like everyone's copying Mike McDaniel. And in fact, Iggy, we watched J.T. O'Sullivan, you and I, over the weekend, and he showed where Kyle is stealing from Mike McDaniel. Now, it's not plagiarism. Everybody steals from everybody. So um, we're not putting Kyle down, but we're pointing out he's stealing from the guy who used to be his subordinate. I'm sure Mike McDaniel steals from him too, but you got to be pretty good if Kyle Shanahan is, is borrowing. Let's use the word borrowing from you. 
Absolutely. Because it used to be that Kyle was the one that everyone was borrowing from with all those yeah. shifts and motions. But it seems like you know, he was working with Mike McDaniel. They worked together for like 15 years. That's a very long time. They finally break up, go their separate ways. And I think everyone's wondering, like, is McDaniel better? Because I guess Kyle, he's doing great. He's doing great. He scored 30 points in all three games. This dude just put up 70. 70. <laughs> like, that's a statement. That's a statement like, if we stay healthy, we might be the best team in the league. I don't know if the Niners yeah. have made that statement yet. Well, that's a good point you're bringing up. Clearly, McDaniel made a statement game to the world. To the world. Uh -huh. The Niners have won it's not three. Just, it's, not that, it's not that they're great. Like, I'm the next Bill Walsh. That's the kind of statement he made. Keep going. Yes. And Kyle has won three games, and that's really impressive. But he hasn't had a statement game like that. No. He and didn't against Pittsburgh. this is his seventh Pittsburgh. year coaching this team. No, yeah. this is his seventh year coaching this team. McDaniel's in year two. And it's like, okay, this guy's on the, on the fast track. Yeah. 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 And in fairness to Kyle, he's a Kyle protege. Kyle has great taste in assistant coaches. He does. He has the highest standards. He has higher oh, yeah. standards for his assistant coaches than he does for the right side of the offensive line. So true. What's interesting about the Niners and Dolphins is they are similar. I mean, they, McDaniel was with Kyle for so long, and they both have quarterbacks who are a little bit smaller who have gotten seriously injured. Like Tua was so, I mean, that was so scary last year with those concussions. Purdy like mangled his arm. And so, yeah, they're doing great. But I still with the Dolphins, you're thinking, okay, but can you get Tua through 20 games? Can you do it? And the same with Kyle. Can you get Purdy through 20 games? Because I know your system. I know your system. You're the, your offensive line isn't that great. You will call play action passes where running backs and tight ends are blocking edge rushers who are great. You take some risks. And it works out most of the time. But can you get your quarterback through 20 games? Because if you can't, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. That's, that's the question with those two. I got a quiz for you. Yeah. Do a compare, a quickly, a compare and contrast between Purdy and Tua. Purdy plays with much more confidence. I agree. I agree. He's, you said he was fearless. I don't get that sense with Tua. Tua's had so many injuries. He got seriously injured in college. He got seriously injured last year. When I saw him against the Niners last year, he was missing a couple offensive linemen. That, that defense is ferocious. He looked scared. He looked scared. I've never seen Brock Purdy scared. Okay, so that's one big difference. Tua throws a really nice deep ball for a guy who doesn't have the strongest arm. Like, he can hit Tyreek Hill down the field and not overthrow him, and he throws with, with loft and touch. I haven't seen that from Brock yet. So I feel like... Two is a little less physically limited, even though they're both smaller quarterbacks. They're both mobile enough. So I don't know. Who, who's better in your eyes? Uh, um, I don't cover Tua. Uh, I, he seems to sling the ball, and Brock gets it out faster. He does. Um, I, I have more confidence in Brock than I do in Tua, but I can't defend it. I can't defend the feeling. I'm guessing if Brock were on the Dolphins, who would still be their starter? And I'm guessing because he has the ability to get the ball to Tyreek Hill down the field. I think if Tua were on the Niners, Brock would still be the starter. Interesting. I think Very interesting. So yeah, I agree. Last thing. What do you think Bill Walsh would make of Mike McDaniel? 
Oh, I think he'd be fascinated. Now, I have to uh, uh, temper that a little bit. Bill was extremely jealous of other good coaches. Okay? I told you, he always would say about this one, and he's not cutting edge. I used to hear that all the time. So he would have probably not said nice things about McDaniel if they were competing. Mm -hmm. But after Bill retired, I think he would have been able to come out and say that this this kid is – Absolutely fascinating. You know, it's like discovering Keats or Shakespeare in old age. Like, wow, this guy can really do this? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's really cool. I feel like a lot of times, maybe Bill was, a lot of times in football, they, they hire a coach who like looks like a tough guy. Looks like he played. And you have to have a certain look and talk a certain way. And that's not Mike McDaniel at all. Like he's a nerd and he looks like a nerd. And I think it's cool that he can have so much success and maybe open the doors for other people that look like him. For the nerds of the world, like us. The nerds of the world. I, I agree. All right, let's take some more super chats. Um, was Seifert fired or did he quit the Niners? Fired. Uh, Jeremy Price. Sorry to get off topic, but Papa Cone, are you covering the Warriors this year? Man, no, no, I'm retired. retired. I'm re the only sport I really talk about is the Niners. I watch very little other sports. I I've had enough of it. But Iggy is doing the Niners, and it's and I loved covering that team, and I love being able to help my son and do something with my son. Yeah. Damian Jasso says, Grant, why was Purdy giving me Jimmy Garoppolo flashbacks on Thursday's game against the Giants? I don't know. You got to tell me about that. Maybe it was the first half. He had some passes dropped that were could have been picked. Maybe the first half. Probably that. CNDL says hashtag Traveler or hashtag Tavis. I don't get it. Sorry. Francisco says, can AZ succeed running at Bosa like they ran at Parsons? Thoughts? They ran a lot against the Cowboys, and that is a weakness of ours. Um, I think it's better to run at Nick Bosa than to run away from him. So that's possibly a good thing to do. I think the Chiefs have had a lot of success running at Bosa. Because Bosa plays every snap like it's a pass. He screams up field. You can run at him, I think. People are afraid of him. Papa Phil says, Dante Fortson and the ultimate and the truth unedited YouTube. Dante Fortson and the truth unedited YouTube. Okay, I'll check it out. Tony says, who would you rather have as your starting quarterback, Purdy or Tua? We just talked about it. Yeah, for the 49ers, Purdy. Purdy's a lot cheaper. Jeremy Price says, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Will Tua stay healthy? Will we stay healthy? We stay healthy. Will we stay consistent? Yeah, those are the questions. We don't know. Those are the questions. CNDL says, the early presumed chance of meeting McDaniel with Tyreek Waddle from our uh, lay trance picks at Vegas in February or the, uh, oh, the consequences of our actions. Yeah, you know the thing about the Dolphins, interesting, like the Niners traded up to get Lance with the Dolphins and the Dolphins got those three first round picks. So the Niners sort of helped create, make the Dolphins what they are. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I love it. Uh, Niners for Life says, lost my father in a freak work-related accident three years ago. Still struggling till this day. To all the listening, give your dad a call. Tell him you love him. Hmm. I'm so sorry, sorry about you, Dad. Sorry. Okay. So you saw Stafford. You saw Josh Dobbs. You saw Gino. And you've seen Purdy. Let's rank the quarterbacks in the NFC West right now where they are in their careers. Okay. Starting at the bottom. Yeah. I, I, I have to start with Josh Dobbs because I, I, he's a backup. And 
I, I, I don't know much about him. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. God knows he won. Um, but I'd say at this point, I'd, I'd put him at the bottom. Yeah, he has five career starts. He has one career win. His quarterback rating this year is 98, but that's through three games. So you can't rank him higher than the worst, the lowest. Okay. Second from the bottom, Matthew Stafford. Yes. Go ahead. You go. Well, first of all, I I think he's way on the decline, way on the decline. Um, he can he can hit beautiful passes, but he will always give you two interceptions a game. Always. He either doesn't see it well or he's haphazard or whatever. Um, he's he's passed his day. He won his Super Bowl. Goff, Jared Goff is a better quarterback than he is right now, and they traded them for each other. Let okay. me give you some numbers real quick. 2021, when he won the Super Bowl, his quarterback rating was 102. Last year, 87. This year, 74. Yeah. He, 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 um, he, I would actually go out and say he's not a good quarterback. Hey, no, no. Hang it up. Stafford, it's over. Hang it up. Yeah. Hang it up. After him, who you got? In the number two place, I put Geno Smith. But I want to tell you something, Niggy. It's almost by default because the, 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 the two guys below him, I don't rate very high. I, I, Geno Smith has a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. He has a big arm. He can throw mm-hmm. on the run. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. And I think maybe at one point you did think he was. Do you still? He is not a very good quarterback. He's serviceable. He makes some nice throws down the field. No one's scared of Geno Smith. Right. Put it that way. Like Russell Wilson, teams were. Scared of Russell Wilson at one point when he was on the Seahawks? No one's scared of Geno Smith. His numbers are decent. This year, his quarterback rating is 98. His completion percentage is 68. And yet, no one's scared of Geno Smith. When the Niners play him, they're going to kill him. Even in Seattle. So look, I want to say the the best quarterback is, I believe, the cheapest, unless the guy in Arizona makes less, is Brock Purdy is the best quarterback in the NFC West. He's a very good quarterback, and him compared to the other three, it's not even close. That's how I feel. Yes. Watching the J.T. O'Sullivan videos of Brock Purdy, you can really appreciate his field vision, his anticipation, his accuracy, his mobility. His uh, He just knows what to do, and he does it without thinking it looks like he's reacting the one thing about purdy that jto breaks down is his footwork on the deep throws like he says if you watch purdy he's always in great throwing position when he shuffles around the pocket when he changes he's always has his base in the exact right position so he can throw a ball quickly but on those missed deep passes he would like click his heels together and and sort of get out of his predetermined base and have to find it again mid-play, which is hard to do. And you end up, you know, a little bit too spread out or a little bit too uh, close together with your feet. So that was one thing to look at, but still the best quarterback in the division. Yes, and uh, JT said with repetition, he may be able to learn the base for the longer throws, but he was overwhelmingly (laughs) positive about how he stands on the short and medium passes, i.e. you couldn't do it any better. You couldn't do it any better. So, right. Good for Brock Purdy. He's having a yep. great season. 
Um, yeah, he's a joy. How about head coaches in the NFC West? We've seen okay. we, Jonathan Gannon, Sean McVay, got uh, Pete Carroll and Kyle Shanahan. How are we ranking them? Currently, yeah. the guy in I, I want to be fair to the guy in Arizona. Iggy, I'm not going to include him in the ranking. I'm going to give him an incomplete because yeah. he just started. He's gotten Three off games. to a a reasonable start, but there's certainly not enough data. So we're not we're not putting him down or putting him in. We're saying to be determined. So let's yes. say the other three coaches from the bottom up, three, two, one. The worst coach of those three is Sean McVay. And I want to say, Iggy, I don't I don't think he has a coaching career ahead of him. I think this will be his last season. I really don't like his work. And I'll give you some reasons. First of all, Kyle Shanahan owns him. It's true he won the one game. Uh, Kyle Shanahan owns him, is a better coach than he is. Also, I told you, I heard his post-game press conference against the Niners. I have never heard such BS in my life. <laughs> We're building a culture here. That was a good loss. Those are paraphrases, but it's what he meant. There is no such thing as a good loss. Don't tell the media about the culture. Answer the goddamn questions. So I, I feel he's a BS artist, and what I and why that's important, the players will know it too. Absolutely. I brought, I mentioned this earlier, but like he has talked publicly about wanting to thinking about leaving the team and retiring and becoming a, an announcer like John Gruden was for a long time. So when you talk about building a culture, sounds like a lie. Sounds like you got one foot out the door and that's the truth. Not that you're 10 toes down and sticking it out for the long haul with the Rams. Like it doesn't seem like that at all. The other thing is he's had other coaches come from his team and uh, become head coaches elsewhere. Guy in Cincinnati, Zach Taylor. Uh, guy in uh, Minnesota, Kevin O'Connell. So it's like not only is Sean McVay super overrated, but so is his own tree. It's not like he has Mike McDaniel or D'Amico or Robert Sala coming out of his tree. He's got flops. Yeah, yeah. And now he does have a Super Bowl he, ring, but he's got flops. Go ahead. Also, um, when you talk about a culture, it's vague. Bill Walsh never talked to me about a culture. He talked about, I want a better right tackle. There you go. I want to improve our running game. Mm -hmm. um, I want more yards after the catch. When you yeah. talk about culture, it's because you have nothing else to talk about. Our players aren't that good, and we're not going to win very much this year, but we're building a culture for the future where we pick up our trash after ourselves. And then read Plato we say, please and night. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we're polite. Yeah. yeah. All right. So okay. Sean McVay, number three. I totally agree with that. Okay. I'm going to put uh, Pete Carroll number two, and I want to yeah. tell you why. He's an all-time great coach. He's, um, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, uh, um, yeah. Super Bowl winner. Um, but he's, he has lousy and a lousy offense. And he generally always does have a lousy offense. He's a good, uh, defensive mind. He was a defensive coordinator for the Niners. He's very good. He's older. I don't, I'm not an ageist cause I'm older than he is, but I think his conception of the game has not kept up with what's happening now. I, I think the game has passed him by a little bit. So I would say, 
all props to Pete Carroll, but in terms of what's currently happening in the NFC West, he's number two. Uh, I could not put him ahead of Kyle. How about you? He's a defense. He's a defensive coach whose defense has stunk for a while. It stinks now. Yeah. It's not last year. It's hard to fathom. Um, so yeah, he won a Super Bowl, but I don't think he's getting better, and I don't think he's going to win another one. I agree. I agree. I, I think he's going to have to hang it up. I think he, he and Sean McVay ought to have a retirement party together after this season. Yeah, I agree with that. One more thing. So we were watching uh, the two Monday Night Football games last night. One of the games was uh, Philly versus Tampa. And the announcers say, oh, you know, this offensive coordinator for Tampa, Dave Canales or whatever his name is, he's real smart, comes from the Seahawks. And we're both thinking, oh, okay, well, they're screwed. That's it? You got your offensive coordinator from Seattle. So you got some guy who has no creativity. Nice. Right. No creativity. And they scored 11 points. I mean, c compare that offense to Miami or San Miami's Francisco. or San Francisco. I mean, with one thing JT O'Sullivan was talking about that the, he's what he's called the shift motion offense. Seattle you know, a lot of these teams like they won't snap the ball until they do a shift and then put someone in motion. And clearly, if if I'm sure, if you run the numbers, yards per play on uh, plays with a shift in motion, yards per play with, with a static formation, probably better the first way. So. um the Seahawks have a very static offense. Cowboys have a very static offense. Feels like stuck in the Stone Age. Yeah, I agree. So why is Kyle number one? First of all, he's three and oh. Um, yeah. he's had great records. Two of those other coaches have won a Super Bowl. He's never won a Super Bowl. He's uh, more current. The way he thinks about offensive football is more current than anybody else in the division. And he always has great defensive coordinators. In addition, I don't know what he's like personally. I've never met him, but his team plays hard for him. It doesn't yeah. mean they like him. You don't have to like a coach. In fact, you're not supposed to. They're, they're yeah. different, but they play very, very hard for him. I also yeah. think he's got the rest of the division figured out. Yeah. And there's something very interesting, too. Like, in the past, he was sort of, well, his offense was never this good. And there was a question, is it his fault? Or is it Jimmy's fault? And a lot of people felt like, hey, Kyle hasn't done anything without Jimmy. Jimmy is being scapegoated here. And then Jimmy said last year, plays freaking suck, man. And it, a lot of people were wondering, like, what's going to happen? Is, is, is Kyle going to have success without Jimmy? Is Jimmy going to have success without Kyle? Well, you know what's happening? Jimmy's crashing and burning. He's throwing picks left and right. And I think you're looking at how much success Kyle's having with Brock, and you're like, okay, well, Kyle was held back the last few years from his quarterback, by his quarterback. And now he's not held back by his quarterback as much. And look at him now. He's scoring 30 yeah. points a game. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess no, it was Jimmy. I, I've never been this impressed with Kyle. And I'd have to say it's a pleasure to watch his team through three games. Pleasure. I, I Iggy, at no time in those three games did, did I ever feel they were in danger of losing. Never. I agree. At no point. At nope. some point, you were like, oh, it should, they should be blowing out the other team by now. That's all you can say. He has not made a statement like uh, Mike McDaniel, McDaniel has done. But on the other hand, you, don't, you need a win. You don't need to make a statement. And it's September. This is yeah. not how you start. It's how you finish all that stuff. Chad New says, finally get to watch a live chat with Senior. As a father of three, it's a pleasure to see the relationship you and your son have. Enjoy retirement. 
Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Chad. Ethan M., even though Purdy isn't on the Niners, I believe he is efficient on his own. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks under Kyle, and none of and none of them ran the offense as coherent as Brock Purdy. We totally agree with that. Dave Barclay says, my two favorite, just leaving California right now for my pop's funeral. Wow, it's that kind of day. Really brightened my day to see you two going live, and it's the start of my trip back. So thank you for all you do. Go Niners. So sorry, Dave. My heart goes out to you, Dave. Wow. Serenity says, I almost missed my favorite show of the week. Love you and Papa Cohen. Hope you guys had a fulfilling Yom Kippur. Thanks for the insights. Thank, thank you. you so much. Andre Rodriguez says, Grant, didn't you want Sean Payton to replace Kyle? I'm so sorry. I was wrong. Sean Payton. Can we talk about him for a second? Yeah. But I want, could I just say this? It's true. You can be wrong. What we are, our opinion people, Iggy was wrong. What you, uh, we're opinion people, and sometimes our opinions are wrong. We're entitled, and then we yeah. correct it. I think I said that like early last season. I think last year when I said, we both said, get rid of Kyle. You said, fire him. You said, fire his ass. I think, well, I, I like that. And I said, trade him. I wanted to replace him with the guy that the Colts just hired. And I don't know how good he is. Maybe I was wrong about that too. It does seem like Kyle and Mike McDaniel are a little bit ahead of the game, but I still want to see if either one can keep their quarterback healthy because last year, neither one could. That's all I want to see. And I would add one thing. I said, fire his ass because of the way he got Brock Purdy hurt in that Philadelphia game. Uh, he asked the tight end to block an edge rusher, and the guy had a free shot at his elbow, and we know what happened to his elbow. If you look back at the three games that the Niners have played so far, several edge rushers have come within, I, I don't know how to do this, an inch of his elbow, yeah. Iggy, yeah. more than once. And so I wish Kyle would understand that and protect the kid a little better. Do you agree, Iggy? I do. And that's why I feel like this offensive line, I mean, you're spending a million dollars on your right tackle. Like good right tackles make $17 million in a year. Like what are you really expecting this glorified backup to do against yeah. premier edge rush? It's not his fault that he's a glorified backup. It's your fault that he's a glorified backup. What do you expect? He's going to get caved in and you're going to have a lot of people reaching for Brock Purdy's arm as he's throwing all year. So yeah, I mean that right. He's a right-handed thrower. He's coming off this surgery and you don't protect the right side of the line. Good luck. Yep. Good luck. Moon man says Los Cones always on fire. Great show. Go Niners. Thank you. Thank you. Black Phil Phil says, speaking of right tackle, we need one. Maybe trade with the Vikings for O'Neal. Sure, sure. King Linner says, did you see Travis Hunter said his favorite team was the Niners maybe someday? Yeah, he's a really cool player for Colorado, plays both ways. Good player. Cloud Strife, I think we should be careful with the cars this week, but I'm sure Kyle already has a game plan in place, and I hope we trash the Cowgirls. I want to see what Kyle's game plan is, because we never really got to see what it was against the, uh, the Eagles last year. He's facing this guy again. And I, I want to make um, a point. Sometimes fans say such and such a trap game. Are the, are the, are, is the team going to look past a crummy team? Is the Niners going to look past Arizona? Division it's opponent? not how it works. It's not how it works. I've been it, with teams. They treat every game like the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. There are only 17 of them. They're 
they feel like their lives are on the line. That's what it's like to be a football coach every week. They take every team seriously because they don't want to be the Cowboys. What happened to them? Correct. King, uh, got it. King Leonard says also prayers up to Dave and his family. Papa Phil, Niners versus Dolphins in the Super Bowl. They keep oh, the quarterbacks boy. healthy. It absolutely could. That would be really cool. And, and that would be great. That would be just great. Okay, last topic, and then we got to get out of here. Dad, last week, the Niners gave contract extensions to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, who are doing a great job this year through three games. But it was only a couple months ago when it seemed like everyone was mad at these guys for how they handled the Bosa thing or how they handled the Trey Lance thing or whatever. They still haven't won a Super Bowl. I think this, this is their third extension each. And it happened before week four, still in September. What do you think? I don't like it. Again, uh, this the, the tone of our show today is very positive. I'm sorry that we're going to end not on a negative level, but with a critical tone. Mm -hmm. um, Iggy, both of them before these extensions still had more years to go in their contracts, didn't they? Uh, Kyle was through 2025 and Lynch was through next year, 2024. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's not like it was urgent. Okay. Um, I've dealt with Jed York a lot. Um, we're not personal with each other, but mm -hmm. I've been obviously observing him ever since he became the face of the team. I don't know if he runs a team, but became the face of the team. He does things on emotion. He does things prematurely. Um, he doesn't have an internal governor who says, Jed, what's the hurry? Yeah. My dad always used to say, Lowly, what's the hurry? What, mm -hmm. what do you lose by waiting? So let's say he waited. Was, Jed, was John Lynch going to leave? Was Kyle going to leave? Mid-season? Mid-season? Yeah. After three games? Um, yeah. I don't see what he gained. What he risked is the season could go south. And and right. there there is I mean, I don't think it's gonna go south. I don't want it to go south. But if you're a prudent businessman, this is a business, you want more data. You're not mm -hmm. in a hurry. And I would point out this is the same Jed York who hired Mike Singletary, a very nice man, but really not a good head coach. After the last game of a season, we were where it was the last game at home. I, Iggy, I remember. I don't remember years. I don't remember who they played. I'm sitting in the front row at the can, at uh, Candlestick. It was, and all of a sudden, Singletary comes in in a suit and tie. He was he was a coach ten minutes ago, and Jed's grinning. He says, "Here's our new head coach," yeah. and and I, I wrote a column. What's the hurry? Yeah. Singletary wasn't going anywhere. There were other coaches who would be fired or assistants who would come available. And he made a wrong decision. He was in a yeah. hurry with Tom Sula, who as a head coach was a complete schlemiel. And Chip Kelly, who may be good in college or may not. Uh, I know. But, Did anyone else uh, watch UCLA this weekend? Holy crap. Go ahead. And But at the Niners, he was a disgrace. And here we, and I thought, well, maybe Jed learned. Take your time, look around, talk to Don't people. Don't make an, an emotional decision. And he Don't. did it again. 
And I don't think there was anything to gain from it. And there are possible losses. Now, it could be these are the two greatest guys who ever lived, Lynch and Shanahan, and it's perfectly okay. My dad would have said, wait till late in the season or or when the season ends um, and give them something to strive for. Thank you. Because it was bringing out the best in both of them. Was it not? Right. Their their, uh, pursuit of the next extension was good for the team. And now you ended it. Have a little sense of human dynamics. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I know he, and I want to be clear. I know Jed meant well. I do. I know he meant well. He didn't mean bad. He meant well. He wanted to reward. He wants to be a good guy. But there were other considerations, and I think he needed to be more discerning and more prudent. I would completely agree. Um, It felt like, yeah, he just made an emotional decision after three games. I mean, we both said when they traded Trey Lance for a fourth, and, the, and when Kyle came out and talked about it very contrite and John Lynch came out, came out and talked about it a little defensive, we both felt like, did Jed read these guys the riot act? Like, did Jed bring them in and have a private, a private meeting and say, look, you're on notice. It felt like it. And then you win three games and you're off notice? Three games? Yeah. I, 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 I think they have more to prove. Also, there is, there's a philosophical divide in sports. Are you paying someone an extension for what they're going to do or what they've done? And I, obviously, it's, it's, you're looking ahead, but these got to be the most highest, the, the highest paid GM and coach to never win a Super Bowl. Like, That's right. They're getting paid because they think they're going to win a Super Bowl one day, maybe. Yeah, they've been rewarded for not winning. Yeah, and so we've always, we, we've been saying for years on this show, are the Niners really doing whatever it takes is their ultimate goal to win the super bowl or is their ultimate goal to be in the mix and when you extend these guys after three games it feels like you're saying we're back in the mix we're back in the mix where we want to be you could have waited and seen if they won the super bowl but like maybe they maybe they saved three million dollars by doing it now instead of doing it then yeah Anyway, there, yeah. there may be counter arguments and you can leave it in the comments and I'm, uh, I would love to see them. But uh, in terms of this particular issue, I feel very strong about it. And again, um, you said, do we pay you for what you may accomplish the way Bill and Al Davis did it? They uh, paid for not what you did for me in the past. Right. Uh, that's over with. They paid for how good you are now, how yep. good you are now. And we don't really know yet how good they are now because they've never won a Super Bowl. No, and they never have. listen, you may think they're going to win a Super Bowl, and I think they have a great chance, but there's 14 more games to go. A lot of things are going to happen. And would you bet the mortgage that they're going to win a Super Bowl? Uh, would you bet your life that they're going to win a Super Bowl? I, no. I have no idea what's going to happen. And nor does Jed, nor does Jed. So I thought this was, I would have to use the word foolhardy. Someone in the comments was saying, just typed full caps, Schlemiel. Schlemiel. Uh, I don't know if he's Schlemiel. Keith Murphy, the unbeaten. No Super Bowl, but four NFC championships and a Super Bowl appearance the past five years isn't enough evidence. No, absolutely not. Well, it depends what your goal is. Sean, 951 Niners. 
says Joel uh, Lowell. Jed extended them once he got confirmation Purdy was the guy after injury. Took him three games. Lance trade could have sunk them if Purdy was no good. Extend now as it's cheaper than if they win number six. I totally disagree, but thank you for your comment. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's it. 104. That's the end of the show. Thank you very much, everyone, for watching. Dad, I love you so much. I love you, Wiggy. We'll talk. You'll call me in a few minutes. I'll call you in a few minutes. Take care, everyone. You'll see me when you see me.